Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Howdy doodly. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I don't it. know. I just wanted to do something different. Howdy doodly. Howdy do. It's very Ned Flanders, isn't it? It's a nice day. The sun's shining here. Why not a howdly doodly today, you know? Gas is down for a change. It's down eight cents a liter. So what does that bring us to? A dollar seventy-seven nine. And it's going down another two mm. cents at midnight to a dollar seventy-five nine. Sure, I'll take that. Still way too much, but keep in mind, this is sixty-five cents a liter cheaper than it was a month ago. So Clearly, things are starting to go in our direction when it comes to the gas prices. But holy shit, cat! Yesterday, the Bank of Canada shocked everybody, even the predictor, predictors and analysts, when they raised interest rates a full point in one shot. So is it because we had mentioned that, OK, we figure that whatever they do, there's going to be another interest rate jump several months from now anyway, or a couple months from now. So is this basically their way of hopefully holding it this way and not? And now putting it up even more in a couple of months? Well, I mean, I think they're full of shit. They're saying now, oh, it's a good thing that we're raising interest rates as much as we are because that'll eliminate the need to raise them even more in the future. I mean, that's complete and total utter nonsense. It's just nonsense. It doesn't make sense on any level. It's uh, unless they have a crystal ball or a time machine, they don't know what things are going to look like. Uh, They do know what things look like now. And right now it looks pretty fucking bad for the middle class. uh, I'm real worried about people. A full point increase. Uh, That kind of ties into this. People are linking the prime minister to the economy right now, as they should. And... A new national poll that was done by Leger says that the majority of Canadians are unhappy. Like more than 50% now are unhappy and just as many think Justin Trudeau should resign. Imagine that. He got elected with 32% of the vote, but half the country less than a year later thinks he should step down. It's pretty fucking bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awful, to be honest with you. But I, I don't want to spend too much time on interest rates today. We talked about it at length yesterday. If you want to go back, listen to yesterday's episode. There was a lot of commentary on it. I still think Tiff Macklem is a loser, and I hope that he gets fired and maybe investigated. I, I'm not sure if that should uh, happen as well. I want to take you back to yesterday at Queen's Park. Dr. Kieran Moore did his announcement. Kieran's a funny little fella. Did you watch any of it? I did not watch any of it. I heard some, but I did not watch it. He's uh, he's finding his stride. You know, it's almost like he's figured out which members of the media are going to be somewhat friendly and polite yeah. and which ones are just going to be dicks. Well, it is a game. And I mean, in all fairness, if you're in that position, you probably steer toward the ones that aren't dicks. I would. I don't blame him for doing that. But he was very upfront yesterday. And it's weird because I'm thinking back to the beginning of the pandemic. And I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there were people who were very quickly labeled conspiracy theorists and and shamed and shouted down. And uh, a lot of what they said two years ago would happen is happening. Uh, Dr. Moore seems to be a late adopter on some of those things. But now he's using some arguments That anti-vaxxers, if you want to call them that, I don't Mm -hmm. know what else to call them, people who chose not to get a vaccine, uh, a lot of them did it because there's some health risks associated with it. But the government didn't really acknowledge that. That was something that was always just sort of swept under the rug. Well, apparently now it's a full court press for honesty. Yesterday, Dr. Moore spoke about the risks of getting vaccinated. Uh, This is something I think is important for everybody to hear. So it's about a minute and a half long. This is Dr. Kieran Moore in an exchange with reporters yesterday at Queen's Park. Transmit the virus. So if you have a question and and it's not clear to you, uh, please consider uh, speaking to your nurse practitioner, your healthcare provider uh, to to get any further clarity. 60% is better than nothing. So why not just recommend it to everybody instead of saying it's a personal decision? Because at present we're doing a risk-based approach. First off, that that question there was just ridiculous. Well, I mean, 60%. Why don't you just recommend it to everyone? 
I don't know, maybe because it shouldn't be recommended to everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Dr. Moore is about to say. What's the risk? The risk, uh, there's always a risk to, uh, to having any therapeutic versus a benefit. You want to make sure there's a very strong benefit uh, versus the risk. If we're an 18-year-old healthy individual, the risk of getting hospitalized if we have no underlying medical illness uh, is very, very low. We know there is a risk, a very small risk, 1 in 5,000 that may get myocarditis, for example. Uh, and uh, you'd have to have that discussion on the risk-benefit of a complication from the vaccine versus a benefit of decreased hospitalization for a young healthy person. Do you agree with this decision then to open it up widely to all adults? Pardon me? Did you agree with this decision? Yes, uh, with the nuances of the language that I'm trying to get across of should uh, should get vaccinated if you've got an underlying illness, may get vaccinated under personal circumstances, uh, and, but with a caveat as well, I don't want anyone thinking this will block their ability to get the bivalent in the fall. It, it, it should not. So just to clarify, the, the myocarditis risk, my understanding was that it, it fell rapidly for second and third doses. Is that something that people should still be worrying about in third and fourth doses? You're right. It can uh, drop off. Uh, but for a young, healthy male individual, it's still a concern. It, it may be less than one in 5,000, but we'd have to still do that discussion with an individual. Wow. Hmm. Holy cow. What a difference a year later from Dr. Moore. Uh, you'll probably recall when they were talking about mandating things and and uh, shutting shit down and talking about the great risk of the virus and, and all that sort of thing and do it for yourself and do it for others. You guys remember all that. Mm-hmm. It was not that kind of language coming from Dr. Moore. It's actually kind of refreshing to hear a little bit of honesty. That's what you and I were advocating for. Just tell us the basic information without bias there. And it sounds like he was, that sounded like something my doctor would say. Hey, listen, if you want it, you can have it because you're eligible for it. However, there could be some risks involved. So you need to weigh the risks before you get the shot. Now, what I'm not sure about is, is this a strategy? Mm -hmm. Is this a strategy to soften the blow and make it seem like he's being very balanced and very even now so that he can pile on and he'll have more credibility in the fall? Maybe that is the case. I don't know. But either way, I was listening to that yesterday and and some of the media trying to badger him or, or shame him into requiring shots and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness he, he resisted yeah. that. But it was refreshing to hear a little bit of honesty and upfrontness and, and truth in it. A little bit of balance, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yes, there are risks involved with getting the shot. Risks that we weren't necessarily made prominently aware of when we got our first two shots. Let's also be honest here if we're going to continue with the honesty thing and say a lot of these media outlets are looking for catchy headlines or looking to catch him in a in a quote that might be strange or off-putting for people because they want people to pay attention and people are paying less attention to those media outlets who are putting this news out. They really truly are. People those, are tuning out the media in droves. Those, those uh, topics that were trending for a couple of years and it was always led by whoever it might be, whether it was, you know, CBC, CTV, Global, no matter who it is, right? That's what we used to click on for a long, long time. And those types of articles about this exact topic have kind of mm, veered off a little bit because we are not focusing on it. So those people who are behind the scenes, who are the reporters, basically, the reporters who are, no matter who, who they're with, are trying to gain headlines that we will click on. So they're going to push for that information because there's less people clicking on it. That's all it is. That's really, truly all it is. I am also glad that he was honest. It is somewhat refreshing and I think at this point we can all agree we can make decisions for ourselves hopefully we've agreed agreed about that from the beginning there are still those people who believe it should feel more forced and Kieran Moore should have said hey you go out and you get it 18 plus now yeah, do your you know, part like, be off. part of team Canada stop, stop doing that it's their body it's everybody else's body they can decide for themselves keep your fucking thoughts away from other people's bodies and choices okay can we not move on from this it's crazy to me a uh, quick shout out here to the member of parliament for Haldeman Norfolk Dr. Leslin Lewis, also a candidate for the progress or for the Conservative Party of Canada's leadership race. She sent out a tweet yesterday congratulating Dr. Moore. She says Ontario's chief medical officer is saying what I and many other Canadians were saying for over a year. I understand that a measured approach based on risk assessment. uh, Let me turn that off. Sorry about that. (laughs) I understand that a measured approach based on risk assessment, doesn't fit some people's narrative, but let's follow real science, not political science. 
So thank you, Dr. Lewis, for pointing that out as well. There's a lot of people who can take a bit of a victory lap now, and they probably feel somewhat satisfied hearing the chief medical officer of health, our top doctor, acknowledging that, yes, there are some risks, and that in turn justifies the decision that a lot of people made to not get vaccinated. So good on uh, Dr. Lewis for pointing that out. Good on Dr. Moore for the frank news conference that he gave yesterday. I'm still a little skeptical about what's going to happen this fall. And we don't know much about this new cocktail thing that they're going to put out in in September or October that they say Mm -hmm. will fight the variants. But will it stop transmission? Will it prevent you from getting sick? Will it only minimize your chances of a serious outcome? Will it keep you out of the hospital? Those are all questions that people want answered before they get forced into getting a shot this time. Uh, Today, by the way, Health Canada is going to announce they're approving the Pfizer vaccine for kids ages six months to five years. I don't have a kid six months to five years, so I'm going to stay completely out of this argument. You guys do whatever you want to do, but uh, talk to your doctor and and ask uh, what the risk and reward is, just like Dr. Moore encouraged yesterday, and uh, you make the best decision for your family. Let's get to a couple other things here, Kat. It is, uh, (laughs) I can't believe it, Uh, Tuesday. I started counting down the days to the weekend this week, so I'm particularly excited for another summer weekend. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Who is isn't, right? The weather looks pretty good, too. Today is a great day. We are uh, celebrating National Mac and Cheese Day. Okay. Mac and cheese, you're keto, so this is probably something you stay away from, right? Because of the the pasta? The traditional one, yeah. There's keto versions, but sure, whatever. I, I do find it interesting, though. Some of these national days make no sense to me just living where we live, just living in, in North America, I assume, or Canada, if I want to be very specific. Because mac and cheese, when I think about that, is such a comfort food. And I'm talking about homemade. I'm not talking about the junk in a box. I'm talking about the homemade stuff. It's such a comfort food. And to me, I associate it with the colder months, the winter months, the fall, maybe the winter for sure. That's what I associate like a a baked mac and cheese. So it doesn't make sense to me. It's on this day. But that aside, there's nothing like a homemade mac and cheese. Nothing like it. Hmm. I I try and observe all of them because I feel like it forces me to get creative in the kitchen and get out of my comfort zone and cook things that I wouldn't normally cook or try things that I've never tried. For example, yesterday was National Fries Day, but it was my girlfriend's night to cook. When I came into the kitchen, when she said, hey, dinner's ready, I came in and I looked at it and I'm not sure those were fries. It was sweet potato instead of regular potato. And they were cut into cubes Mm -hmm. as opposed to lengthwise like fries typically are. And I thought that looks more like a sweet potato hash brown or a sweet potato home fry or something like that on a technicality. I'm going to say these aren't fries. Right. She disagrees. But tonight, we'll take another crack at it when we try and make mac and cheese. And, hey, I'm up tonight, Kat. What kind of cheese? What do you think? Are we putting cheddar in there? Are we putting a... Mixture. A mixture. You have to go get a few different types of cheeses. Okay. Give me a couple that I could put in a mac and cheese homemade. Do I have to go like Velveeta root? Do I put cheddar in there? Really? You could do a little bit of that. Why not? Mozzarella? Sprinkle it on top with a little bit of Parmesan. Put it back in the oven. Fry it up a little bit. Get a little... uh, You could do anything. Parmesan's a great idea. Yeah, just put a parm on top after you've done the other, other mixtures. But for me, a good mac and cheese has more than one kind of cheese in it. Today is also National Nude Day. National Nude Day was something that was advocated for by many nudist groups, and they finally got their wish. We have a National Nude Day, and they say whether it's to keep cool on a hot, sticky summer day or simply to be free, today is the day that you should take nudism seriously. They are people who believe that humans are most beautiful in their natural state, Mm -hmm. and whether you agree or disagree with that, they're encouraging people Shed the restrictions of clothing and be natural today. I've never found a polo shirt restrictive. I I don't know. I mean, I don't think I would feel more comfortable without a shirt on 
than I do with it on. It's kind of fascinating, isn't it? That, that there are a lot of people, and good on the nudists. You know, you have your camps and your clubs. Good on you, nudists. Yeah, no, really, though. Like, you got your camps and your clubs, and that's cool. And, and then you're part of the club. You're part of the club. That's great. There's a lot of us. I don't consider myself not a nudist. There's a lot of us who don't, who I agree with you. I don't find clothes restricting. I find it a way to express myself, maybe, or I find it fun uh, to dress a different way, a certain way every day. Nudity, for me, it's like the same boring outfit every day aside from the fact that you're completely naked and there's a lot of insecurities that go along with that too that's why i can't do it it's insecurities i'd have to take all the mirrors down in my home i mean and it's have you ever seen like the movies that show the nudist colonies just the movies alone it's too many it's too much naked for me Mm -hmm. like i can't you know if there's one thing swinging it's like okay there's one thing swinging then there's like 50 things swinging and bobbing around and bonking and all that shit i uh i get this too much it's almost like it's almost like bees, right? You see one bee and it's like, okay, that's cute. There's a bee. And then you see like a swarm of bees and it's like, oh, fuck no. That's what, <laughs> that's what nudity is for me. It scares the shit out of me if there's like more than one of them standing there. So, I mean, it's not for me. I, I appreciate, I, I understand to a point, uh, to a certain point, people's need and enjoyment of the nudity and express yourself. And if you're in your own home, absolutely you do whatever the fuck you want in your own home sure you go nude all day go nude all day all night whatever but out in like the public places i don't know man i just uh yeah not for me man it's too much so here's the scenario i'm offering you an all expenses paid five days in the south of france the odds of you running into Anybody that you know or anybody knowing who you are in the south of france is extremely slim but it's a nude speech. Are you taking it off? I, uh, I don't, I don't No, I mean, I don't think so. I, I, w- I wouldn't take it off. I would go there and try to make it work with just like a, a skimpy amount of clothing. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't take it all off. No. Would you encourage, force you. Would you encourage your husband to, or would you be upset if he wanted to enjoy the nude beach with everybody else being nude? That's an interesting one. I, th- I, I don't see my husband and I would never do it. Like we just wouldn't do it. I could, he would not be a fan of that. I probably would. Why would I encourage that for him? What's the purpose? Do you actually feel like if I felt like that would be something he needed and wanted? Uh, maybe he doesn't. I know that he would say absolutely fuck no to that. And huh. again, like I said, it's more about being around the other people, too. It's just it's not my scene, man. It's just not for me. Hmm. Interesting. OK, so at the nudist colonies, because you brought those up. One of the things that I find fascinating is anytime they show like a news clip from a nudist colony, <laughs> they always blur out the bits and sure, stuff like that. Sure. But they always show them doing activities to try and make it seem like it's very normal to do regular everyday things. You just do it naked. So they'll show people like, I don't know, fucking playing badminton, badminton and, and tennis and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like cutting the grass. And I'm thinking, no, I don't need to be naked to cut the grass. But I'm sure the majority of what they do is just lounge around and maybe go for a little stroll. If that was it and there was no strenuous activity involved, could you? If there was no risk that anybody would know who you are. Again, no. I I would. I don't feel like I want to. Like if I felt like I I would. I don't think I'd want to. I, I just, I don't see a scenario where I'd be like, I feel free right now. I want to do this. I don't think that it would make me feel that way at all. I don't think I would feel good. And why do something if you don't feel good about it? Mm-hmm. But for some people that would be freeing. I have a, I have friends of mine who've considered going to nude beaches and stuff because they think that's cool. I, again, I just, no, like I'm, I don't know. I, I don't desire for, I have no desire for it. Okay. So if your girlfriend's phoned you up and said, Hey, we're doing a nude beach today. Would you be like, okay, I'm in, but I'm not going nude. Or would you be like, I'm not even going. I don't know if I'd even go. Like I said, it's the swarm. Do you remember that scene in Euro trip? Did you see Euro trip? No, I haven't seen any so, movies. Th- I, that's true. Okay. So let me take you way, way, way back. This is movies old now. Everyone who know who's seen this movie knows exactly the scene I'm talking about. It's a, a bunch of dudes that go on a Euro trip, but there's a girl involved too, but they go to a nude beach and these guys are super stoked because they're going to see some nude girls right so they go onto the beach and they start to get undressed and they look around and all they see is a group of like 
a hundred men who are thinking the same thing as them. And there's one girl in their group and all these naked men with their dick swinging are running towards them like, girl, girl. (laughs) And that part gave me nightmares. So that's like that actually would ruin any chance of me doing it because that's what I picture when I think of going to a nudist. And I know that's not the reality, people. I know we have nudists because we talked about it before who listen to this podcast who say, no, you got to try it. Like I said, I don't go to a chess club either because I don't think I would like it. Okay. I don't go to a nudist club because I don't think I would like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to have your own thing. You do you. It's not for me. I would probably try would it. Would you do it? Yeah. You would. Probably eh? would. As long as I don't need to see myself. I mean, fuck everybody. They can see it. I don't want to see it though. Okay. So what would you be more likely to do? An activity like a badminton or lay out in the sun? Just like nude dick out in the sun. Yeah, I think I'd be down with just sort of lounging and laying because, you know, if I don't want somebody to see something, I can like tuck it, that sort of shit. (laughs) Or throw a towel over it quick. Yeah, like I'm not going for a jog or anything like that, but I'm kind of wondering like, what does vitamin D feel like on my penis? I've never experienced that. It's apparently good for your asshole. Ah, okay. You know that. You've heard of this before. I've heard. There's people who yeah. tan their asshole. They yeah, like yeah. get up on all fours when the sun's out. And you spread them. And you spread You're them and, and to, well, try and get some vitamin D like basically injected right look, into your colon. I We should say we're not doctors, so I couldn't tell you if that's a recommended activity or not. I've never looked that up. But apparently it does give you a good boost of energy when you put your asshole to the sun. That's what That's what I heard, okay? What I heard. I think I would do it for the lounging around. I don't think I would participate in any activities, but I might, might, like go for a stroll to the snack bar or something like oh, yeah? that and then go back to my spot on the beach. Yeah. You were doing like a Mr. Big or what are you ordering? <laughs> I don't know, like some fries or a burger or something. There's nothing sexier than a naked fat man walking around with a hamburger in his hands, fighting off the seagulls. Get out of here. Well, get out of here. Where would Ontario's nude beach be? Should we put we it on Lake some. Huron, Lake Erie, Lake do Ontario? We, do we not? We do have some. I don't know if it's a full Toronto f- Island, I think, is kind of Yeah, there's nude. There's beach. nude be- do, if I Google nude beaches, this is not good, but I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. But. I'm always looking for what the limit is on our company filters for these sort of things. So let me know if it actually shows I'll you anything you know. or if it tells nude, you it's blocked. I don't want to look at images. I'm just uh, nude beaches, uh, Nude part, Hanlon's Point Beach. Yeah, Toronto Island. Okay. Ponderosa Nature Resort. That is a nudist resort. That's the one just off Highway 6 in Guelph. Am I right? That, I've, I've passed the signs for one you. of them. Well, why don't you just stop in? Let's just stop. The, Hi, I'm, I'm here to check things out. <laughs> that's in Freelton. Yeah, Freelton. Okay. And then in Sharon, Ontario, you could enjoy Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Oh, it's for the whole, fun for the whole family. Oh, lovely. I don't want to hang out with the whole family, though. I'd really rather it just be adults. I don't. That's yeah. I don't. Don't do that to your children if they're young. Do you, people do that? Do Take you, their kids to a nudist I don't camp? Know. Like that's a lot. That's a lot. All I mean, the other camps are full. Sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> we had a hell of a time trying to get you into summer camp. So guess where you're going with us? Uh, I tried the science one. I tried the volleyball one. I tried all the the other ones. Didn't work. So you're going to nudist camp this <laughs> Le- summer. Lego camp was full. So. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be able to relate to this, but ask men, ask guys to weigh in on the most annoying things about being a guy. Oh, okay. As a woman, can you think of anything that might be annoying about being a man? Annoying. Sure. I mean, it depends on when you say annoying, there's a bunch of different things. Like physically speaking, I'm sure it's annoying that you're, your balls are so sensitive. Sensitive. That's that, a good one. Yeah. Right? Being sensitive. Um, annoying is probably stereotypes that mm-hmm. we have about men and how there are, they still do exist. Men should be tough and men can't cry and all that shit. That's probably, I don't know if I can, you guys would consider it annoying, but I think that would be something if I was a guy, I'd be like, let me have my emotions. It's totally okay. I'm a human too. Okay. Here's the short list from Ask Men. Hair everywhere oh, was hair. number one. Yeah, you it's guys true. do have we a lot of hair fucking hair. Fucking everywhere. Yeah, you do. Jesus. And it's like a full-time job trying to keep it <laughs> trimmed. God damn it. Like, I just yeah. shaved that. What the fuck? Yeah. I think guys are expected to to shave their face. You either have a beard or you got to keep it clean shaven. There's really no in-between anymore these days. Um, 
But the rest of it, like, fuck, there's hair everywhere. It, it, your back, your ass, everywhere. It's all over the place. It yeah. interferes with the tanning. And <laughs> <laughs> the nude beach. Bad sex is always blamed on the man. Men find that is it? annoying. Is it? Well, I mean, that's the stereotype. Women, te- okay, technically but- women don't have to do much. Or technically one person doesn't have to do much. I mean, okay, so and and I and I disagree with that. If you want good sex, women, you know, I I do disagree with that. I this is a two the two to tango, two to fuck. I mean, no matter no matter what, I understand where you're where what you're talking about because it, it probably is true that the guys usually get the rap of like oh, it wasn't very good, but there are some women who are probably not very good either. So did you step up your game fully? Were you like all all in cowgirl style? Woo! Like, ask yourself that question. So I understand how that would be annoying. Um, but then again, some men are bad. But like I said, so are some women. Some women are bad, too. I mean, I I don't know. I think most women go into the bedroom thinking, yeah, I got it going on. I know what I'm doing. No, that's not always the case. But I also don't think every guy knows what they're doing either, myself included. And and let's be honest, it's much easier for a man to have an orgasm than it is for a woman yes. in a lot of cases. Yeah, you guys are easy. And if the guy... We're more complicated. Our parts are more, a little more complicated. Sure. And if the guy has an orgasm and the woman doesn't, that would typically get blamed on the guy. And I think that's where right. guys are coming right. from in right. that complaint. Mm-hmm. Mistaken for a pedophile. <laughs> oh. You know... It's true. You Not know, many people look at a woman and say, look, there's a pedophile. Yeah. yeah but I, it does happen to guys. It does. It happens more to men. Men get looked at in a certain way. And I mean, I know there are some, unfortunately, some um, disgusting people out there, particularly men that are pedophiles that will hang around a park, for example. Right. Uh, there's a lot of men I know who are good, upstanding men that are like fathers to young children that do feel weird having to, unless they're watching their child, if they're watching a soccer game or something, I don't know. They probably do feel like, I hope everyone knows I'm here because I have a daughter or sitting by a swimming pool. Same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is one of those one of those things. You, I had an, I'll give you an example. My, my neighbor was over once and we were going to take a picture of him and my nephew because they had like matching hairdos. It was funny. And he like he was like weirded out even being in the same photo like oh this looks weird kind of thing I don't want to you know like and I'm thinking like you shouldn't feel that way but because men get that could get that could get it that rap of like oh that looks creepy it never ends either I mean I've got yeah. a daughter in her 20s and when I go out with her I've had looks before we'll go out and just have a drink or we'll yeah. go out for dinner or something like that and I've had people think huh look at this creepy old guy out with a young girl. It's my fucking daughter. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. But people judge before they know the story. Getting called creepy by women. Guys hate being called creepy. Okay. Well, what did you do to deserve to be called creepy is my question. Like, we don't go around calling guys creepy, okay? There's usually something that was done, said, uh, anything to, to lead us to that direction, I would assume and hope. Getting slapped in the face. Oh, I mean, anybody could get slapped in the face. Sure. I tend to think it's uh, men would likely be on. The, would men likely? Does that be, happen often enough? I don't know. I don't, I've never been slapped that's across we- the face. See, and that's a weird one. I Not seriously, anyway. Like playfully. Like, yeah, yeah. Hurry up, Did kind it- of shit. Hurry <laughs> <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> the pain of getting hit in the groin was last on the list. Okay. Yeah, they're very, very sensitive down there, and it. Even a flick can hurt. Having said that, though, I go through the vast majority of my life without injuring them. So as sensitive as they are, I think men can adapt. You just got to watch what you're doing and be careful. Was this, sorry, was this men's health, you said? It was askmen.com. Oh, askmen.com. It, your list is so easy. Like women are listening to this list going, oh, this is a fucking easy list, man. Do you want to <laughs> do you want to know the annoying things for women? Tell yeah. me some of the annoying things about being a woman, because it seems like sunshine and roses all the time. Oh, shut up. You're not serious. No, I am serious. Girls can get their way with just about everything. Period. Your period. Okay. Number one, first and foremost, deal with that shit every month for a week and some people even longer. I, OK, I get it. Totally understand. And some women have them far worse than others, too. For uh, There's a term for that. I don't remember it at the moment. But either way, period, I will 100% give it to you. Good. Annoying things. Number two, st- I'm going to go back to stereotypes. Weak, um, you know, like doesn't know much about, you know, X, Y, Z that men do. Just basically get th- sexism in general. I this- think I could throw that over. Mm-hmm. I think every stereotype against women I have disproven. 
Yeah, but people, not everyone's like that. Yeah, It I happens just, all the time. I don't understand that. Why on earth would you take a perfectly good human and assume something that they can't do until you find out if they can actually do it? Because it's just one of those things that some people just have. You know, and some people are f- fully okay with admitting it. Like, I'm not taking my car into a female mechanic or I'm not, whatever. It's just an automatic thing. Um, and I could name them lots. I mean, obviously, we have to go through the childbirth process and things like that. Some women like it. A lot of us don't. Hmm. A lot of us don't. Like, if we had the choice, we would probably be like, you fucking carry it this time. Do you feel pressure to always be on, like to always be at your best when you go out, for example, best looking uh, to do your makeup, to do your hair, to wear something special? Because guys can roll out of the house in, in sweats and their hair messed up, bedhead, yeah, the whole nine yards. Think, Women, there might be a higher expectation. I, I don't think so. I, I think that that is going away. I think it maybe was a thing at one point, but I don't think it really is that way anymore. No. Huh. Anything else annoying about being a woman? Because I oh, think you girls are fun. Things. I like you guys a lot. Yeah, we have to deal with a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit we deal with. I don't want to go back to COVID here, but I do think it's important to do another important COVID message. I want to tell you about a 42-year-old man named Lori who got pulled over last month. And it's a COVID story that I think everyone needs to hear. Okay. Uh, Lori was pulled over for impaired driving. He was driving a van with two missing tires. Someone called the police around 2 a.m. when they saw him driving down the highway with his front and back left tires completely gone. Okay. He was driving on the rims. It turned out he blew both tires, but he kept going for another 17 kilometers. Wow. Now, he claimed he'd only had two beers, (laughs) but he was twice the legal limit on the breathalyzer. He had a court appearance this week, and he pointed out, rightfully so, it was COVID's fault. He tested positive the day after his arrest, so his lawyer claimed it clouded his head and affected his decision-making ability, and that's why he was driving drunk on the roads with two tires instead of four. Oh, but you're still drunk. I mean, it'd be one thing if, you know what I mean? Like, you know what? I would say this guy's got a good, like, case argument if it was just the COVID thing. I'd be like, oh, yeah, fuck you. Because they do say that you, your brain gets a little cloudy. And that for some people, right, that's what that's kind of a side effect, if, if you will. They call it, like, brain fog. Yeah. So that would be good. It's the fact that you did have alcohol that's the problem Twice here. Twice the legal limit. Yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> Aside from that, I understand where you're coming from if you tried that, if you were sober. But you weren't sober. Like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> okay, but how can they tell if it was the alcohol or if it was the COVID that made him do something dumb? And how many other people now are hearing yeah. this with a light bulb yeah. going off over their head thinking... Oh, fuck, I'll just blame COVID. That's it, right? Is that you can't, you can't allow this to happen because then other people will do that when they're drinking. We know if you drink, don't drive. Fucking everybody knows it. You can't, there's no way to get around it. But again, if he wasn't drinking, I'd be like, damn, that's good. That's a good argument. Why not use it? Well, while we're in that realm, I want to tell you about, uh, (laughs) I feel bad for this woman. She was traveling and she lives in Australia, but she had to go to Singapore. Poor thing. Had to go to Singapore. Long flight back, though. It was a layover. So she left Singapore and landed wherever it was that she landed. She decided she was going to get a sub at Subway. How much is a sub at Subway? I don't know. Like seven bucks? Ten bucks? About ten bucks. You can get a five dollar <laughs> foot long. Two halves makes one whole. Okay. So she got herself a sub. She ate half of it, put the other half in her carry-on. Fast forward to when her plane lands at home. She was going through customs. And in Australia, they don't have an Arrive Can app or anything like that. They do things the way every other country does it. You get a paper declaration and you tick off all the boxes and fill out your information and your passport number. You hand it in. And if you need to go to secondary, that's when that piece of paper becomes important. She did not check off on her form that she was carrying chicken and lettuce. Uh-oh. On her sub was chicken and lettuce. When customs decided, we're going to search your carry-on. We didn't like what we saw there on the scan. Let's take a look. And I think this was kind of a dick move, but customs found the six-inch sub. They charged her 
$2,664 for violating Australia's stringent biosecurity laws for not declaring meat and produce in her bag. I don't understand who keeps a Subway sub after anyway. Like, this is going to be no good. What do you want, mush? You just want to eat mush? Is that why you packed it up? Uh, if they don't soak it in sauce, you can travel with it and keep it for a little bit. I'd recommend not putting it in the fridge because putting it in the fridge is when it seems to go all shitty oh, and soggy. Yeah? I find anyway, if she just threw it in her carry on and the plan was when I get home from this long trip, I won't have to Uber Eats anything. I'll just go ahead and oh, have the rest of my sub. Man, that sucks. She says she also didn't know that you were required to declare what was in your carry on. Okay, I don't buy that argument because you got to be pretty fucking dumb to not realize that. If it was an honest, I forgot. I totally understand. Flying scares the shit out of me so much that I'll declare everything and anything, even when they don't ask me to. Like, yeah, I got an iPad. Is that okay? (laughs) That's fine. I got a book. A book. I'm declaring all of it. So with me, because I have a Nexus card, Nexus is is it's wild because if you're a Canadian with a Nexus card, mm-hmm. you actually apply to U.S. Homeland Security to get your Nexus card. And for me, when I went down for my interview many years ago, I was one of the OGs on Nexus. I had to go to Niagara Falls, USA to have an interview. And It was so weird because I thought that they were just going to check me out and ask questions about my background because you have to do the whole in-depth application. Mm -hmm. Nope. The guy spun a camera around and he said, look, say cheese. Good. Got your picture. And he didn't really question anything. All he said was, "Okay, listen, when you cross the border, be honest, because if we catch you in a lie, we're going to pull that card from you right there on the spot and you won't get it back. Dang. So I'm fucking paranoid about crossing the border and not declaring absolutely everything. Yeah. But even at that, I don't know that I would have thought twice about bringing a sub in. What is the inherent risk to the indigenous produce and poultry <laughs> in Australia from somebody coming in with a sub that's arguably not even full chicken anyway? Yeah, I think that's meant for people who try to bring in like a bag of cutlets and like nine heads of lettuce. You know what I mean? Because we've all seen the Border Patrol shows, I right? I love that show. So good. Mm-hmm. They stopped making it here. There's a lot of issues. That was a Harper government thing. Yeah. As far as I know, it was Steve that canceled that. That was one of the things Bullshit. that I did not like about I, Prime Minister Harper. Fuck what? you. Now, now I'd like to know what assholes are trying to smuggle shit in here. We do. Now we got to watch like the Australian version and shit like that. <laughs> we do. Like that's the only one I think that still runs, if any of them even do. But anyway... On those shows, that's when you see that kind of shit. Then you understand why the declaration is there. There's people trying to bring in chicken heads and shit. It's fucking weird and gross. Uh-huh. But anyway, they tried to do this and, and, and bring them in. But for someone who, it's kind of like an accident. I don't know why they can't just let it slide. Well, that's the thing. You know? All right. It was obviously a mistake. No, there's no inherent risk because of a subway sub. Next time, declare everything. Yeah. We're going to note this in the future. If you get caught doing it again, then you're in trouble. They didn't have to, to uh, jam her with a $2,400 fine crazy. for not declaring a six-inch sub, which probably wasn't even that fucking good anyway. No, probably not. Here's the scenario. Bad breakup. Mm-hmm. You obviously stop talking to the person in the scenario of a bad breakup, but how far do you go? To make sure that that person is out of your life. The question came up in a new survey that discovered it's remarkable how many people can still access the various accounts of their ex. 35% say they know their ex's Facebook password. What? 35%'s a lot. I don't even, I don't know how that happens. Do you know it because you know that that they use the same password for everything or did they actually go out of their way to tell you their Facebook password? I don't even know my husband's Facebook password. I don't really care. Like but how do you go about why do you even know that to begin with? I don't understand. Uh, it might come up. I mean, maybe in a relationship, you just want to be as open and upfront and transparent as possible so you exchange passwords. That's weird to me. But if you break up, You should change the password clearly when more than one in five say they can access their ex's Facebook. Almost the same amount can get into their Netflix and other streaming services. Netflix, I get, you know, that one's a shareable one. I have a girlfriend that was on like her ex's Netflix for a long time before finally he called and he's like, I didn't watch this fucking show. Are you watching shows on my Netflix? (laughs) He's like, yeah, sorry, I'll stop. And then I think he changed the password on her. 
But well, I, that's that, kind of a dick move too. It doesn't cost you anything for your ex to log in and watch a couple of shows. Well, uh, from his standpoint, you mean? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know because you you are maxed out at a certain amount of users. You are maxed out. But like, he didn't discover it because he was maxed out. He discovered it because he had something in his recommended right? list that he didn't care for. Right, I suppose. But also, yeah, that's where the bitterness will come in. Like, no, you can't use my shit. Buy your own shit. And I do understand that sentiment as well. 33% know their ex's work email password. Why? Why do you need to know that? I can think of an example of Give why. You, okay, so here's the scenario. I'm out on the road. I need something from my email and I'm not near a computer. I could call my girlfriend and say, hey, can you just grab my laptop and log into my email and flip this to me? That's a good reason for why they might know that password. Hmm. I can't think of a single other reason beyond that, but 33% know their ex's work email password. You can do a lot of damage with your ex's work email password. You're going to start firing off fucking emails and telling people what you think. Yeah, that's not that. That doesn't make any sense to me that it, the number's that high in the 30 percentage range. That's crazy. 30 percent know their Twitter password about the same amount. Have their Spotify account. Uh, I suppose you could share that. Is that a shareable one? I don't know how Spotify works. Okay, so with Spotify, you can have a family account. Okay. And I think you can have multiple logins, but they all have to be on the same IP. I'm not exactly sure okay. how it works. Okay, so that I that's one of those ones I get. I get that. One in three know their ex's PayPal password. What? I don't know why you would need their banking passwords. Any, that's a weird one to me. Yeah, any banking information. I was just going to say bank would go right along with that category. No. Why do you need it? I mean, if you're married to that person and you have joint accounts, that makes sense. Sure, fine. But if you were dating someone and it's ca- and it's a little more casual, I suppose, I guess, then why? Maybe you met through a, an eBay even, transaction. But even then it doesn't... No, <laughs> yeah. No, even then it doesn't make sense. Like, my husband and I have joint accounts, so we have our own passwords. Like, I don't know what his fucking bank password is. Like, all this stuff doesn't make sense to me to even know it to begin with. Their Google account? There's a lot of stuff in your Google account, too. That's everything from browsing history to what's on your Google Drive to what's in your Google Calendar. That's emails. That's photos. That's all of it. Like yep. your Google account, your, if you're signed into a Chrome through Google, like all your web browser history, everything. That's a mm-hmm. lot of shit. Their personal email password. Again, <clears throat> I can only think of one reason that that might happen, and it's still a very high number. It's weird. More than, sorry, just under one in three. Know their ex's online banking password yeah I and 28 percent say they can get in if they want to that's so that number's too that's so high that number's too high why people understand that even if you have a joint account you can have your own login right i, th- I think people understand that maybe they don't I, I can't think of a single reason that you would tell yeah. anybody your online banking stuff yeah. unless you guys i don't know you share a password vault or something like yeah. that. That's the only reason I can think of that someone might need to know that. But again, some nefarious shit can go down if they have access to your bank accounts. What shocks me is that I can't even remember my own passwords, but other people are remembering their ex's passwords. I have trouble even remembering my own. I'm one of those people who have one of those special apps to put your passwords in and keep them locked up and safe because I don't fucking remember it. So how do you remember somebody else's? I don't get it. I think there was something too what you suggested earlier that it's the person using the same password for, for just everything? about everything. Which happens. And if you know that one password or yeah. you could even take an educated guess. You know what kind of a person your partner was. If they seem like the type that uses the same password right. for everything and you happen to know how to get into their whatever, right. you'll probably be able to get into everything. And I think there's a lot of... Uh, danger there that that's what's going on either way the advice from all of this is when you break up with somebody even if it is on good terms change your password change your password and change your password for things that are important often anyway but yes when especially during a breakup change your passwords or even a bad relation like a best friend or something has gone awry i don't know just be safe more and more canadian couples are choosing to live in Common law partnerships without children. The 2021 census data is leaking out from StatsCan. It shows 23% of couples who live together are not married. That's the highest percentage of any G7 nation. 
and they're choosing to live without kids in a lot of cases. They say the number reflects different societal changes and mm-hmm. potentially more secularization of Canadian mm-hmm. culture, i.e. Uh, uh, no longer believing in the theory that to live together, you have to be married. Common law yeah. partnerships work. Yeah. We mentioned this on our FM radio show today. We had a text message in seconds. Guys, I'm in that exact predicament. It's just too expensive to have kids. Do you think that changes when $10 a day childcare eventually kicks in and more people will have kids? Or do you think that this is just the way it's going? It's just going to be two people, not married, living together, no kids. Yeah, I uh, the the child benefits that we have here, I, I do have to say, like the government does chip in a lot for it. And with the $10 a day childcare between that and the child benefit that you get regularly, monthly anyway, which the less income you bring in, I believe, the higher the benefit is. All those things are helpful. But do, I understand right now at this very point, if you're thinking about having kids being like, let's hold off because this economy is fucking crazy. That I understand. But yeah, with the childcare plan coming in, I don't think it's all that bad. But then you do think about the future. I mean, children are expensive. You think about the future and all the other shit that you have to do when you have kids or want to do. I shouldn't even say have to do, but you want to, you know, enroll them in, in camps and you want to have them join this league and that league and do this and that. It is a lot and the cost is up. I think it's important that people are actually thinking about this kind of shit. I, that when you read that, it actually makes me in a weird way. It makes me happy to hear. Because I don't think anybody should feel forced into the societal pressures that they faced. Um, my, you know, my sister-in-law and her husband, they did end up getting married, but they chose not to have children. And I know it's different for everybody. Some people can't. But I'm talking specifically about those who choose not to have kids. It did not have to do with financial anything. But just the fact that they did feel pressure to do it or had people pressuring them to do it and chose not to. That's great. You live your life the way you want to live it. Don't give in to all of this shit. And if that means you don't want a wedding, you don't want to be married, common law kind of works the same way as marriage anyway. You're basically so married. Legally speaking, it's the same shit. But if that's not what you want for you, absolutely don't do it. <laughs> it's fine. I actually like hearing that. Like people doing their own things and not forming to the traditional shit. Another interesting thing that came out of the StatsCan release yesterday was household income is up. The average household income in Canada is now $75,000 a year, just over 75K. Okay. That's household, two incomes combined. Two incomes, yeah. I, uh, I look at 75000 and I look at these gas prices and I look at inflation and I look at these interest rates going up mm-hmm. and I look at the colossal down payment that you need to get into the housing market and all the other straining mm-hmm. factors. And frankly, that's real tough. Yep. To make ends meet and live the life you want to live on $75,000 a year joint. And you're talking average. Average you're, household income. That average. could also be single people that you know? make 75000 a year. Sure. And, and I, but I agree with you. That's kind of, it's hard. I see it. I see it everywhere. It's, it's hard right now. It's really tough. Um, and then the question is, you know, what do you do? What do we do about it? I say we, I mean, you know, are we... Is the minimum wage? We know it's been increased slightly here. It's going up again. When's the next scheduled minimum increase rate, or is there one? I think it's October. Yeah, it's not. Might done be the yet, end right? of the year. No, anyway, there is another one coming. But it doesn't matter. Like that, it doesn't make a massive difference. And and we're seeing inflation rise by massive amounts, and interest rates go up massive amounts. It sucks. It's hard. Yeah, I. Uh, That's why people are moving. That's why people are getting out of here. It's true. And can you blame them? I don't blame them even a little bit. Especially here, right? Specifically with Ontario. Do you think Tiff Macklem could live on $75,000 a year? I'd like to see it. You know, I would like to see something like that. Or even Justin Trudeau, who is, by the way, in case you don't know, a multimillionaire with a massive trust fund. I can't think of this. I can't think of a specific example, but I have seen this before. Uh, leaders, and I mean, usually like it's mayoral or maybe counselors who've decided to go on, for example, a budget for a, just trying it out for a week to see what it's like to have X amount of income and try to purchase the daily items that a family would need. Mm-hmm. You've seen this before, right? Too, I right? have. Yeah. So I like that. And I think that that should be the case for maybe someone like a Tiff Macklem, anyone in leadership. I'd like to see Justin Trudeau, I'd like to see... There are some leaders that are great with it, don't get me wrong, that are trying to do what they what they have to do. Either way, though, I think it should be almost like a crash course you have to take. Like, great, you're in. You are the premier. You are the... Uh, I don't know, whatever it might be, whether it's president or mayor or counselor. Here is your average, you know, salary 
for the person where you live. I want you to go spend X amount of money on this, this, that, and be forced to do it almost just to see what it's like. Because a lot of these people who have money, they truly don't understand. And maybe they do, and they're working hard to change it. But some of them, I believe, truly don't understand. They just think, oh, fucking spend less money then. You know, that's the attitude. Like, Mm -hmm. well, then spend less. Well, then live within your means. Arguably, for some people, that could be true. Live within your means, figure it out, do it on a budget. But for a lot of people, it's not like that. Yeah, when you've got a mortgage to pay or rent to pay, which has gone up a lot, and you've got to keep up with groceries and the demands of life, try and maintain somewhat of a social life, if that's even possible, mm-hmm. and and all the other things that go in. Having a cell phone, as Rogers demonstrated last Friday, is essential. Now even the government is saying it's basically essential that you have to have access to a cellular network. All those things added up. That's a real tight budget to make ends meet on $75,000 a year. But when they made that inflation announcement yesterday and there were subsequent questions asked, one of the uh, arguments used for raising inflation or raising interest rates yesterday was, well, I mean, we're at record unemployment. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of people that have jobs, but if the average household income is $75,000 a year, that's not necessarily great jobs. If two people are each making $35,000 a year, that's great, but it really doesn't put them in a situation where, I mean, it used to be if you made over $100,000, you were rich. It's not like that anymore. 100K plus is is middle class. And if you expect families to live off of $75,000 a year, the math just doesn't work. But I feel like the people who make the decisions that affect us on the day to day don't truly understand that. In the past, I've said we should actually pay our MPs and MPPs more than we're paying them now. Give them a bigger pay increase because maybe it'll attract people who know what they're doing and not these unsavory assholes that we have right now. Now I'm almost thinking maybe we should reduce the salary to whatever the household income is. And yeah, yeah, you want to go ahead and and toot around Ottawa and fly around the world for free? Sure, you can still keep your perks, but you're not going to get that $190,000 a year salary anymore. You're going to get $75,000 a year. And you, as an elected representative of the people, can truly be representative of the people by making the same amount of money as the average Canadian. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of like to see that happen. I, I don't know why we can't have that discussion. Maybe we should have that discussion. Yeah. Put it on the list for Leslin and Pierre and Roman Babber and people like that. Have a great day, everybody. We will be back tomorrow. I think Dave's going to join us for another episode of After 9. Bye. The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.